1: plushcare.com slash weight loss. You're listening to the Jason Greger Show presented by playalberta.ca. Experience all the excitement of the casino on your desktop or mobile device at playalberta.ca. Sign up and receive a fifty dollars welcome bonus using the promo code Casino Fifty. Uh, joins us, we had a question, Andy, to our listeners, uh, more so to our lady listeners, although to the guys too. But uh, Allison uh, texts in, and we were talking about guys wearing a jersey because Terry thinks if you're a guy wearing a hockey jersey, you go up to a girl in a bar, she's probably not going to like it. So Allie <laughs> said, if I'm a guy wearing a jersey, he came up to me in a bar, I would pass unless he was there with other dudes wearing jerseys for a group thing it's kind of like those guys who wear basketball jerseys to the gym to work out in <laughs> so I, I now andy i know you're married so this is a let's pretend this is like a, you know we we rewind a bit to young andy patrillo you know you're out on young street and you know bob uh, comes up and he's wearing a hockey jersey of choice is, is, that, is that an instant
2: no-go you know i it kind of is for me i don't okay. know what it is Terry, I feel like you're right on this one. And by the way, the basketball jersey with no shirt underneath yeah. either hard pass, hard, <laughs> hard pass on that one. Even if you're at the gym, I don't care if you've got muscles for days. It's just awkward for everybody. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because like I've, I've been going to hockey games my whole life, whether I've been young, working junior B games and up to the NHL level. And I hate to say this, but oftentimes when there's groups of dudes with their jerseys on, it usually means they are drinking a lot of beer and they're kind of maybe not necessarily in their right mind. They're wobbling a little left, wobbling a little right. I don't want anything to do with that. I want nothing to do with that. And then especially if they come up and approach you, I'm like, Nah, man, no. Like, I can't. At that moment, I just, I absolutely cannot. I just can't do it. I agree with you, Terry. All
1: right. My instincts were correct. Okay.
2: Yeah. There's an image. It's an image thing. Oh. I
1: just that's what it is, right? So, yeah, I like it. Now, I do want to <laughs> ask you, um, what did you make of John Herdman? So, John Herdman spoke today and yeah. uh, kind of threw the previous regime uh, under the bus. Uh, you know, crapped all over his boss, Bill Manning, and Bill Manning and everything he made. Uh, now, maybe he yeah. talked to Manning about this privately, anyway. But uh, it was it was an interesting opening from Herdman.
2: Yeah, so training camp in Major League Soccer started this week. And, um, you know, John Herman's never one to shy away from the microphone. And I, he just once again brought up, and here's the thing, like he's not wrong, right? When Michael Bradley's been a part of Toronto FC for many years, helped him win the championship in 2017. And when his dad, Bob, was announced as the head coach, everyone kind of went, you know, oh, like they raised an eyebrow, right? Like that's his father-son dynamic. Um, how would other players feel in the room? I know we've even talked about this even at the hockey level when there's been like, some sort of, wasn't there like somebody out in Edmonton, I believe, where he's like, I got to ask my kid if it's okay for me to coach. Wasn't there like an assistant coach, I think, where there was an incident there, right? And everyone always kind, I think it was, or maybe it was Winnipeg. It was one of those teams and out, out, uh, out west. And I know he's not wrong, and it did create some problems in the room. A lot yeah. of players on TFC felt like they couldn't say certain things around Michael because they thought he would report it to his dad. Like, we know all this. Yeah. But the problem, it's like, That was a Bill Manning move. So now here you are, John Herdman. This is your first preseason with TFC. And that's what you're doing is like you're looking back. And by the way, you're crapping all over a move to your point that Bill Manning, who's still your boss, (laughs) he was the one who made this move. And it actually brings me back, guys, like Brian Burke, he was always to me somebody when he was doing a press conference and he was either introduced at that point as the new GM or something it floored me that he would start off his press conference by thanking the previous regime. And he always said, he goes, it's easy to sit here as the new guy and like pump out your chest and act like you're going to come and be the savior. He goes, but remember that previous coach and that previous GM, they had a press conference at one point too, introducing them as like these new saviors. He's like, so you never kind of want to crap on what came before you. You just want to look ahead. And I always remember Brian Burke being the one who did that. So I just, at least for me, I didn't like that look by Herdman. I it's like, let the past be the past. Cause you got bigger fish to fry. Like it's done. Bob obviously is gone. You're his replacement. And Michael is gone, right? He retired. He's now in the coaching world. He's out in Europe. Like why even bother bringing that back up? It just, I, I don't, I don't like it. And I just don't think there's a need to look at the past. But then again, we're talking about John Herdman who sometimes says things that he may regret. I mean, if we all remember at the world cup, he was the one who said F Croatia and that came back to bite him. Mm-hmm. Like he just sometimes says things and it's like, don't do that. It can come back to bite you. I didn't like it. So speaking of, uh, let,
1: give me your uh, thoughts then. Uh, well, I, I think we've talked a lot about Toronto FC and, and how they're going to be. Uh, yeah. what, what about Montreal? How do, how do you see the impact? How do they shape up yeah. this year?
2: Yeah, so Toronto, even Herdman's acknowledged it. He's like, oh, I have some salary cap realities. Yeah, you got your two Italians that you can't move. So that's pretty much Toronto's problem there. Uh, when it comes to Montreal, I really don't know. This is a team that has a brand new coach, uh, Laurent Coutois. They they confirmed he's the new coach, and he comes on over from MLS next, which is kind of like their minors. So I like the fact that they're giving this coach a try, but, like, what can he bring? Uh, I, I really don't know. This is a team as well that has a combination of, of like really older guys, like a Sam Piet and then really young guys, nice. you know, as well, still in your Bryce Duke and your Matthew Schoenier. And they, they, they brought back Sebastian Brezza, a goalkeeper. Um, who, by the way, won the Canadian championship with them in 2021 and was MVP of the tournament. So now maybe we'll see a gold, a goalkeeping battle between him and, and Jonathan Sirwa. But this is a team that doesn't like to spend money. And in fact, the two players they signed, Imbreza and another guy that they brought on over as well, Sosa, are from Bologna. Joey Saputo, who is the owner of CF Montreal, is the chairman of that city team, Bologna. So he's just like moving players around that he already owns. Okay. And in soccer, you have three designated player spots. Yeah. They only have one of them filled. So anyway, so they need to fill two DP spots or else this is a team that's doing everything on the cheap. I don't know how that's going to work out. Right. They're hoping for their own money ball situation. Um, as far as Vancouver Whitecaps um, out West, again, this is a team that looked good. This is a team that's the two-time in defending Canadian champions. This is a team that's made the playoffs two of the last three years. But this is also a team that can't figure out if they can afford Richie Larea because his team, Nottingham Forest, wants a huge transfer fee. Yeah. So that's like a right back that they're going to lose. Ryan Gould, who's the only guy really well, and Brian White, who's been scoring goals for them, is in the final deal final year of his deal, are they going to re-sign him? Um, so there's just kind of like a lot of those types of movie parts where they need somebody really to help with um, depth, attacking depth, scoring depth with Vancouver, because if they don't do that, I think they're going to get lost out in the West. That's for sure.
1: So Andy, I'm reading about Sam Kerr, one of the best players in the world, got an ACL injury now, and it's right yeah. after the ACL, ACL report came out and I mean, can you explain why it's a problem in the women's game and what are they going to do from here?
2: Yeah, we could have an entire symposium on this. Um, So heading into the Women's World Cup, there were a lot of, you know, female players who said, we need to look into this because this is now turning into like an epidemic here. And we even lost one of our own, Janine Becky. She was not at the World Cup representing Canada. She had a torn ACL. Two big players as well on Women's England team. They went down. And, you know, uh, Alexei Puteas, who's one of the best from Spain, she missed the Euros couple years before that ACL so it prompted the players to go to FIFPRO which is their union to say can you look into this because this is getting a little ridiculous so the report uh, was revealed over the holidays and it's much to kind of what we knew right it's increase in travel increase in play and increase as well in just playing on pitches that the women obviously are saying like some of these pitches are not up to standard right and when they're bumpy when they're not, you know, smooth, when they're not well-groomed, you yeah. know, you catch a divot, there you go, sayonara, right? And this is um, this is going to be a challenge because the women's game is exploding. And this is something we also hear in the men's game, by the way, right? Like Jurgen Klopp was the head coach of Liverpool. He just lost his mind a couple weeks ago because he's like, there's too many games and I'm losing guys to players. So now the women, though, because they're exploding, they're getting more tournaments. This is what they want, which means they're traveling more. They're crossing time zones, right? They're on planes for a long time. All this kind of stuff is happening. Their body, whether they realize it or not, is being fatigued. And yes. the women's game is not as supportive as the men's game when it comes to uh, medical staff yet, right? Okay. Like the top of the top physio, top of the top masseuses, all that kind of stuff as well, right? So it's more that rest and recovery that also needs to catch up to the amount of workload that's now increased in the women's game. So- What's nice is I think the women have been vindicated and that they're not losing their minds. Studies have proven this is an increase in the women's game. But the other part of it is, well, you're kind of getting what you ask for and that you want to be in more tournaments. You want more games, right? Because the women's game before, guys, let's face it, right? It was slim pickings on tournaments that you played in. The pro game was pretty much, like, not really existent. Now, more and more countries are getting domestic leagues, more tournaments, like, in fact... In February, for the first time ever, CONCACAF, which is the region Canada belongs to, they're playing in a women's gold cup. They've had that on the men's side for years. They've never had that for the women. So all these things are happening, but everything else needs to catch up. The pitches need to be of high quality. Travel, there's only so much you can do about that. But where's your physio? Where are your masseuses? Where is your cold plunge followed by your son? All that stuff that needs to be accessible to the women as well, that the men have access to to help their bodies be in tip-top mm-hmm. shape. But yeah, Sam Kerr, you said it, Terry. This is represents Australia. One of the best strikers in the world, plays for Chelsea, uh, played in the NWSL National Women's Soccer League, hasn't played there in a few years, and is still that league's all-time leading goal scorer. Like, she's incredible. And it just stinks because at the World Cup, which was in Australia this past summer, she was dealing with a calf injury and barely played. She was the face of the tournament. And barely played because of this cap injury. And here they are, you know, in training camp in Morocco, warm weather. And then there goes her ACL, right? Like we can't keep losing these top players. So something needs to be figured out here uh, when it comes to the women's game. That's for sure.
1: Um, The Nike Luna cleats, um, they they like to market it that they prevent knee injuries. Is is, Is there any actual truth to this?
2: I honestly would have to look at, I mean, what are they referring to? Their studs? Like, is it, because I don't, I don't know what that means, right? Like your studs going into the grass, whether you catch a divot or not, I I don't, I don't understand what they're trying to say. Now, maybe there is some sort of physics there that I'm not aware of, because then again, I really hated math and science when I was in school. I'm not going to lie about that guys, but uh, maybe there's something there where it's like, what, what would make them think that would prevent it? Because, From what I'm understanding, again, the ACL, it's wear and tear on the body that's happening to the women right now. That's never happened before. Um, So to me, that has more to do with recovery than it does having to – wearing certain cleats, right? Like I don't really – I'd have to look into that a little bit more. But it's not like in hockey where if you wear, you know, a certain kind of like your neck guard or you have some sort of protection that protects you from a puck or a skate – causing that type of injury but i don't know i mean terry is there is there a skate that can almost guarantee it's going to prevent an acl like i don't no, know I think,
1: I think it's a marketing ploy is what i think yeah, I, yeah if that was the case wouldn't everybody wear those cleats yeah you know exactly. i'd
2: be wearing them just walking down the street yeah,
1: that's true yes <laughs> it, yes you'd be wearing them yeah. all the time no one would be picking you up annie just like the jersey that's a faux pas right that's not a good look at
2: all <laughs> no. there's, there's like a girl wearing cleats yeah, at the exactly, bar what Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's, guys are like nope no, thanks. I'm out. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I want to, you, you mentioned about, uh, Luria and, you know, what they, you know, what yeah. they're looking for, uh, from Nottingham Forest. What about the fact that, you know, they, them and Everton were breaching financial rules today? It came out, right? Um, is there any way, if they allowed him to go for a smaller fee, does that help it at all? Like, what, what does that, what does that mean for Forest and Everton, right? A deduction by charges by the Premier League. Uh, they're basically breaching profit and sustainability rules.
2: I mean, who knows? Maybe it could. But these are things that clubs will fight. Like Manchester City, by the way, got hit with a gajillion fines like a year and a half ago when it came to fair play. And, you know, Pep Guardiola, of course, played dumb. I don't know what you're talking about. Some of this stuff may have happened before me. And then they they appeal. Basically, yeah. they have an appeal process as well. And that's what the clubs could do. So it's not something that I could see to your point where you're like, oh, they got hit with this. Does that mean they have to rectify it immediately? They could fight this for a very long okay. time um, and, you know, kind of go down that path. Now, maybe they'll see this as some sort of like, oh, you know what? Don't want to deal with the headache of it. This is a player who's never going to play for us because he really isn't. Uh, And it's really unfortunate because I was one of those people who, when Richie Larea had the chance to move to Europe, I'm like, you take that opportunity, you go. And Nottingham Forest, that they were in the championship, got promoted to the Premier League and we thought, here we go, we're going to have a Canadian in the Premier League. And they just never played him. They never even put him on the bench. That's what prompted him to come back to Toronto The problem with Toronto FC is they never negotiated a buyback fee. Uh, And that's why Nottingham Forest watched Richie Larea score goals for Toronto, be their best player. So they just went cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. So you want him, that buyback fee suddenly went through the roof. And that's actually what Vancouver, so when Toronto couldn't afford him, he ended up going to Vancouver. And that's what Vancouver said. Vancouver's like, we have no problem making him a designated player. We have the money to bring him on over to Vancouver, they can pay him. I think the most they can pay him is maybe around a million, maybe a little bit more as a designated player. They're like, that's not a problem for us. It's the fee that Nottingham Forest wants to release him because technically he's been on loan. So Nottingham may, again, they may fight this and everything is going to stay status quo, or they, to your point, might say, you know what, let's relieve ourselves of some stuff.
3: You should celebrate yourself every day.
2: Whatever the deal is, just get rid of this guy. Don't have this on the books. Don't deal with it. But I really don't see that because from a business point of view, they're going to appeal, they're going to fight, and they're going to want as much money as possible. That's what these clubs do.
1: Yeah, it's interesting that the study talk, because we've got a lot of people texting in, um, uh, sending me this link that has done a a study on the anterior cruciate ligament, um, Hmm. the ACL Unknown Factors That Need Investigation. Um, and they're saying that some of it just might be physiology and the difference in the makeup of, of, mm-hmm. of hips uh, and the pelvis for men and women and that that might be part of the problem as well. And so it's-, uh, it's
2: Yeah, that, that was something long. And I mean, even for you know a long time ago, that's I remember hearing that. So I obviously played soccer for many years, 18 years of age, tore my ACL, had reconstructive knee surgery. Um, and yeah, I'm hippie. Only like I am like, I have hips. Yeah. I'm a woman with curves. So yeah, and I, and I remember hearing that. Um, but a lot of these these women are in like prime shape where when i say hippie they ain't hippie like me yeah. um so it, it's not it's not the leading cause so thief pro again launched this massive research and investigation and of course of course physiology like i'm not even going to sit here and try to deny yeah. that there's a difference between men and women's bodies but the leading causes were more uh. wear and tear and the fact that the women's game is just exploding, and they need to figure out how to catch up. And yeah, and to your point, you need people who know how to work on a woman's body. 100%. What works on Terry's that, body that is, when he when he yeah when he finishes a Growler's game isn't the same as working on my body. Yes, <laughs> after but, I go for a run.
1: And, and 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 we're not even saying that jokingly. It's funny because we have Grant from Leading Edge Physio, and he's talked about it. They've done the studies, and they say mm. one of the biggest mistakes is that they they're like oh well you know what you did this tri-. no no but the physiology no, one isn't better they're different. And, different. We, and we have to be able to not be offended by their differences. And so you need to treat them different, right? Like anybody can, it takes two seconds to Google up the difference. Everybody knows that, the, you know, male pelvis, female uh, pelvises are larger and wider than male pelvises, right? They have a, they have a wider uh, uh, pelvic inlet, I think is the proper term. So, you know, that's just, that's just how it is. That's not a, that's not a knock, not saying one's better than the other. So when, when there's a soreness or a tightness or an injury in one Mm -hmm. that you probably would have to treat them differently.
2: Thanks, Doctor Gregor. Yeah. No, it's so no it's way. so true though. But you you are right. I mean, the, the and the, and that is exactly what also the women are arguing is that you need people who are properly trained as well in the women's game in that sense because the body um is different. Having said that, yeah, I, I'm not offended because I am never giving up my hips.
1: No, well, why would you? <laughs> why would you? <laughs> now, but what? But so would you? So then you would never wear a long jersey, is what you're telling us. <laughs>
3: I'm hiding all the best parts. Are you exactly. kidding me? I'm
1: not wearing a long exactly. jersey. Now, Come on. A, are you a jersey wearer? Do you wear a jersey? Have you ever worn jerseys to a sporting event?
2: You know what? At soccer matches, I do, and at hockey match, I can't remember. I was thinking this as you guys were talking about this going to break. I can't remember the last time I went to a hockey game as a fan. That's okay. the other thing. Like I worked. So junior B, I covered the New Market Hurricanes for years. And, of course, I covered the Toronto Maple Leafs for 1,000 years. And now I'm working the Professional Women's Hockey League. I was at that January 1st game. I was working it. Wow. I can't remember the last time I went to a hockey game as a fan. God, you haven't had beer so,
1: spilled on you in a long time. you have really missing out.
2: I know. I, and you know what? So when I, when I used to work for MLSE and I did Leafs TV, we used to do the home games all live from Scotiabank. The amount of fights, the amount of drunk people, the amount of... So I had the massive window there. I don't know if anyone's ever been to um, Scotiabank. There's, you know, MLS, MLS MLSE Square, right? You would see it all when the Leafs and Raptors were in the playoffs. So that's where our studio was. Massive window overlooking the square. The amount of drunks who would take their shirts off and press their bodies up against it. Uh, The amount of times I've been mooned. And then, so one night, I used to do like... I used oh. to do Leafs and Raptors. So one night after Leafs game, this guy dropped his pants, stuck his butt right up against the window, mooned me. The next night at a Raptors game, another guy went up against the window, knocked on it, and started kissing the window at me. And I'm like, if you only knew what was up against oh. that window last night, buddy. Oh, if gosh. you only oh, knew. Oh. It was all gas. Oh, <laughs> uh, I have awesome. stories for days on that oh, kind of stuff. Oh, my God, guys. yeah.
1: I could was he wearing a jersey?
2: Yeah, you know what? <laughs> that's exactly what it was. That See? stupid jersey
1: on. <laughs> there, there you go. That's a there you go. I love it. Andy, thanks so much for this. Uh, we'll chat with you next week. Have a good one. Bye, guys.
0: Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustolium's new custom spray 5 and1 gives you control with five different spray patterns, so you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom spray 5 and 1: only from Rustolium. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter.